0: Hello, and welcome to Mind Body Greens Beauty Podcast Clean Beauty School. I am your host and Mind Body Greens Beauty Director, Alexandra Ingler. On this podcast, we explore beauty through the lens of well being. And on today's episode, I am very excited to be talking about scalp health and hair health with the amazing Helen Reevey. She is the founder of the scalp and hair care brand Act and Acre and she is a tracheologist and hairstylist and very frequent mind body grain source Uh, you probably see her name in a lot of our stories so this episode feels like it is a long time coming i cannot wait to have her on without further ado helen welcome Thank you, guys, for having me. Thank you, Alexandra, as well. I'm so excited to be here. Well, I am so excited to get into all of our favorite topics later on. But before we get into those things, I always like to start off these episodes by letting the audience get to know you a little bit better. Um, You know, what was your journey into the beauty industry like, specifically hair care?
1: Well, I started off as a hairstylist uh, back close to 20 years ago now. Um, After finishing a degree in business um, at university, I know it's a very different path, but I realized that when I finished my degree that actually that wasn't really the road for me. But it's funny how it's come back now and I'm actually running my own business. But at the beginning, I was like, I really want to work in something more creative. And I loved doing hair. And so, yes, I decided to uh, get on the path of and become a hairstylist. And then I moved to New York about 10 years after working in a salon to work in fashion. And that's kind of where the journey of Acton Acre began. And it was at um, a fashion show. I was leading a show at Paris Fashion Week. And my husband flew in to support me. And, you know, we were just backstage. And I was explaining that I was actually getting a little bit stressed about the hair. Because typically for, you know, Fashion Week, they've come from New York to London to Milan and Paris being the the final stop of a month long they've had every product added to their hair they're jumping around Airbnbs hotels using you know the worst product in the world and it's just building up in their scalp so they're red raw they're sensitive to touch but also it's those common things like the hair just wouldn't take a curl the hair wouldn't perform in the way that I wanted it to and I had said to my husband I wish I had something to give them to take home, to remove this buildup. And I think that just was, it's so funny how we think that that's just something that everybody knows, but it was a light bulb went off in his mind and he was like, what, this is a real thing? I like, get yeah, it is, and so that kind of like started this journey and he went back to New York and he phoned me actually while I was still in Paris and said that he had thought about this a lot and he was leaving his job and we were gonna start a brand. <laughs>
0: wait that's amazing I don't know if I knew that last little bit where it was just you know that it was that small bit of inspiration that just really took off that's incredible totally and I think it was like he was searching for
1: something different as well he had been in you know he was a corporate lawyer for years and um I was like yeah this this is something very
0: very different but um I'm just so happy that we did it yeah no kidding um you know, obviously you do have this passion for scalp care that came from being a hairstylist. So I do want to ask, you know, at what point did you decide you wanted to become a tracheologist and like really focus so much of your energy on the scalp? Obviously the story you just told probably informs it, but, you know, was there other things that were, you know, influencing your decision in this way? Yes, absolutely. And a lot of people don't know this, but when
1: I went to like hairdressing school, it's uh, back in Northern Ireland. Uh, My teacher at the time was a trichologist and I'd never heard of this before. And I think it was, you know, it's been around for a long time, but I think over COVID, it really, you know, TikTok and Instagram shone a light on it with many people, you know, discovering it through that platform or discovering it because they had had scalp issues or hair loss issues as well. But it really began at the very beginning of my hairdressing career because my teacher at the time was that and was super um you know involved in scalp health understanding it and teaching that to us as well as a foundation i think it's like having a makeup artist who has a skincare foundation as well if you, you were know, taught by someone who is really into skin at the time and actually back in ireland in the salon i worked with we started uh, treating the scalp you know uh, that was an extra service within Uh, our salon as well so it's always been in my whole career and then when I started Acting Acre was when I really you know decided to go back to school and train uh, to become a trichologist to become a certified trichologist and to really understand scalp health as a whole because you know as we see now a lot of hair care brands are starting uh, to bring out scalp care products we started just with scalp and you know it's kind of like a one-size-fits-all similar to how hair care started or makeup started. But for me, I really do feel like there are various different scalp types. And with Acton Acre, what I really want people to understand and as a trichologist is, what is their scalp type? What's going on right now? Because it's not just, you know, use a scalp scrub and this is gonna answer all your problems because there's so many different things that are taken into consideration when understanding what's going on with the scalp and as we grow as Act, uh, within Acton Acre it we do see scalp being its own category and you know like skincare we're going to create understand like what's going on with your scalp what scalp type you have and how can we help you. Well
0: I can't wait to ask about all the different scalp types and learn more about that but before we get into that section I do quickly want to ask what is your beauty philosophy?
1: I think less is more and putting in good foundations, good um I'm going to say, good roots there. no pun intended. But um it's really like when it comes to skincare and scalp care, body within as well, it's about getting the body to homeostasis. And so not using too many stripping things, you know, it, I remember years ago, you know when I had maybe some pimples or some acne issues, I would have gone straight to. Using alcohol based products. I just wanted that stripping feeling, not realizing what I was doing to my skin. And I think it's the same with scalp as well. You know, you see a lot of people like stripping a lot of it with these kind of clarifying shampoos and things like that. And when it comes to my beauty routine, even with like how I dry my hair, I air dry it using different techniques try and use less heat on it and just ensuring that my scalp is in the best possible condition because I know that that's going to help my hair and my hair growth and ultimately what my hair is going to look like in the next two to three years because when it's growing, we obviously can't see it straight away. So it's like, I want to ensure that, you know, from here down, we're going to, in a couple of years, make sure that that hair is in the best state possible because by that stage, there's not a whole lot we can do for it.
0: Well, I think that's a... Lovely, beautiful philosophy. And it's a lovely place to start uh, the meat of this conversation, which is scalp health and how you can take care of your own scalp. You know, you mentioned scalp types, which I think is fascinating. And I would love to learn more about what you mean by scalp types and then, you know, what you have found, what these various scalp types are. It's actually quite similar to
1: skincare. And that's why we use the line skincare for your scalp as well. So if you think about your skin, we all know our skin type, whether that's oily, dry combination and that actually can change seasonally as well. So the same rules do apply to your scalp, but then we can add on various different things like the type of water that you live in, the city, if there's congestion, how much product you're going to use, but you really start off at the basis. So if you've got oily skin, you most likely have oily roots. And if you have dry skin, then you most likely have an or, or a dry kind of like uh, scalp and drier hair. Um, and then we can kind of like go into like, if say for example, you live in New York, it's soft water area, so you take that into consideration as well. So people get oilier. With soft water and they get drier with hard water. So it's very easy to kind of differentiate those and then your scalp and skin type. And it's quite similar actually to your skin again because you're using the water to cleanse it as well. If you're living in a hard water area, it's causing various different issues as well. And then through different like hormone cycles, you know, you have different changes and fluctuations in your skin. So you can really tell a lot by what's going on in your skin as to what's going on on your scalp as well. Now, there are different scalp concerns that come in separately, like dandruff, psoriasis, seborrheic dermatitis, hair loss. That can be quite different. Um, But the basis really starts off similar skin type, similar scalp type.
0: So, you know, once somebody goes through the list that you just gave us um, and they're able to better identify what their scalp looks like. Then, you know, how do you guide people to to better take care of it? You know, maybe we can start with somebody who finds themselves having a more oily scalp type. You know, what what mistakes do you see a lot of people make when they have an oily scalp?
1: So when people have an oily scalp, a lot of the time what I've realized is that it's not actually They don't have a huge overproduction of oil. A lot of the times it's a silicone buildup in the hair. And nine times out of 10, they live in a soft water area where you can't get the lather properly. You can't get the foaming action as good as you can in other areas of water. And so it's not rinsing out properly in the hair. It's not breaking down the silicones that were used in the last cleanse. So there's lots of different things that can contribute to, you know, that silicone buildup in the hair. And then soft water, obviously not rinsing the product out properly. So um, a lot of the time, people just aren't rinsing their hair for long enough. It's not using the correct products for their scalp type, hair type, and the area they live in. And um, a lot of the times as well, it can be just not cleansing the hair properly. It's something I talk a lot about on our social platforms. Um, if somebody has oily roots and I show them how to cleanse their hair properly. Then they'll come back to me a couple of days later and say, wow, I got a couple of extra days out of my hair just by changing how I cleanse my hair. Well, can we walk through how to do that? I love teaching people this, yes. So typically what we do is we go straight on top and we start cleansing here. And sorry, you, you'll learn that I use the word cleanse instead of shampoo a lot, but I'll try and say shampoo as often as I can. I'm just so used to, I, I think it's more gentle, right? So we cleanse here and what we're doing is, as you notice when I'm doing this action, What's happening, this whole section of hair here is getting a really good cleanse.
0: Okay, and for the those listening, she is pointing to kind of like the top of her head right by the temples. Yes, this whole mid band section. Yeah, so
1: we're just, this top layer of hair is getting a really good clean. But what we've missed and where most people have issues are the crown and in at the nape of the neck here so if you genuinely have oily roots it will come through this kind of like top section but if you're getting oily roots in this back section like underneath at the nape of the neck that's more than likely you haven't washed your hair properly or silicone build up in the hair from not cleansing properly rather than
0: it being actually oily roots fascinating okay that's a that's a good red flag for people to kind of look out for Okay, so instead of going straight in, you know, what are we doing? So you're gonna part your hair like this, so over the shoulder.
1: And so it's split down the whole middle. And as well, if you have a good cleanse, quite concentrated like it, like our kind of um, cleanse, you need to emulsify it a little bit first. If something has, you know, sulfates and other ingredients in it, it will lather up very easily without adding water. But if it doesn't have sulfate, you always need to emulsify a little bit, and the reason why is it helps it spread and it activates the cleanse as well. It helps it spread easier through the through the head or through the head, head and scalp. And it's similar to when you cleanse your face. If there's like a lot of makeup or oil or dirt, it won't lather up very well the first cleanse. But you, by the second cleanse, you'll get a good a good cleanse. Okay, so you're going to part it in the middle, and you're going to start in at the nape of the neck. In this back section first and work your way to the crown and then you will add more product and you'll go in through the temples and then the top of the head is the last because
0: it's the easiest for us to do okay top of the head is the last you're kind of blowing my mind
1: <laughs> and so you let that you massage that in and you want to make sure the hair is is wet if you need to add a little bit more water just to spread that more evenly And it'll probably take about 30 seconds to a minute. And by that time, it's dissolved a lot of the product, um, any sebum, any dirt that's kind of like within the scalp.
0: And then you rinse. But you'll always repeat, double cleanse. Always double cleanse. Okay. Because that was going to be my follow up is, you know, where, where do you fall on the double cleanse route? But clearly, you know, you're way on board. If you're cleansing your hair every day, you probably
1: only need to do one cleanse. But nobody, a lot of people don't cleanse their hair every day. So imagine going a uh, two days without washing your face. Yeah, double cleanse. It's because the first will remove anything, it'll break down any product, it'll break down any sebum, sweat, um, pollution from the air, and the second cleanse then actually cleanses your hair. So if you've got oily roots and you're only doing one cleanse, you just have you haven't rinsed, you haven't cleansed the scalp properly. There's still a lot of residue there. There's still so that can contribute as well. To have an oily roots, and that's where you get this product um, build up within the hair. And so, second thing for oily roots is um, using a lot of stripping products that then make you know the scalp go into overdrive, of creating more sebum to kind of protect the scalp. So, making sure that you know you're not using very stripping kind of cleanses, things like that. You want to use a gentle cleanse and use it um, daily. Okay. And um, thirdly would be that um, another thing that pe- people are afraid to wash their hair. They're afraid to cleanse their hair. And I'm actually the opposite. Like if you've got oily roots, cleanse your hair daily. It's OK. damage is done through, you know, the heat tools that you apply to it afterwards or if you're using a lot of product and styling your hair a lot. But if you're like me and you can just leave your hair to dry naturally, then daily is much better for this.
0: Okay, so that's interesting, and that's an interesting comment. Of the damage comes from the styling that you're doing, not necessarily the wash. And I actually think that's a really good point, and something to kind of marinate on because, you know, I think that we have been told so often that you know daily washing is so bad for your hair, et cetera, et cetera. You shouldn't do it, um, but you know, to your point. What's actually happening is people wash their hair daily and then they go straight to like a really hot blow dryer and then a flat iron and then, and then, and if you do that every day, sure, that's, you know, might accumulate some damage. Um, that's really interesting. And it's getting
1: the right product for your hair. So someone has oily roots and they're trying to, I've heard a lot of people when they come into me, they're like, I'm training my hair for four days because, you know, I need the oil to kind of, you know, balance out. But in actual fact they need to use a much more gentle cleanse, cleanse the hair daily until it balances. This leaving it for four days, it's just building up and building up. And this the scalp doesn't get to that homeostasis. And there's also like you hear a lot of people say, well, let the natural oils come through the hair and, you know, hydrate the hair and stuff like that. But the molecule size isn't a the right size to penetrate the hair to actually give it any kind of like benefit to it so it's actually weighing down the hair and it's better just to cleanse the hair now that doesn't mean you have to cleanse it every single day always just until you feel like you've got the scalp to a really good balanced state but i am definitely uh, on the opposite side (laughs) of cleanse cleanse your hair more often yeah okay
0: no i think that's a really interesting um Point of view and tip and i think it makes sense for a lot of people i want to ask about uh people who identify with having a more dry scalp you know what sort of things are you seeing with dry scalps and you know how would you advise people to kind of course correct there
1: mm-hmm. and actually i would lean more on the dry scalp myself um having suffered from like eczema uh, all through my teenage years finally have that under control um but in the, especially in the winter months now i would have dryness so I, I tend to go towards um, products that have salicylic acid in it to help remove kind of like the dead skin and then oil treatments as well. So our, something like our scalp detox I use on a weekly basis, especially in this weather where, you know, you're going in and out. I notice it straight away from my skin. As soon as it starts getting dry on my legs or my hands and arms, I know that my scalp is ultimately feeling and looking the same, you know. So lots of like oil treatments, serums, like we have an apple stem cell serum, which has a lot, has aloe vera and other hydrating ingredients within it. So something hydrating that you can put on after as well, just to really, you know, like a humectant to really attract in a lot of moisture to the scalp. Okay. When you say oil treatments, can you explain what you mean there? And like oiling the scalp. So I I think you've heard a lot of this like hair slugging or skin slugging right now. And similar kind of uh, rules apply to your scalp where you can put an oil treatment on, leave it on overnight. Um, Our scalp detox is incredible for this because it has hydrating oils. Um, You want oils that are emollients that really help kind of like nourish the skin, hydrate the skin, um, stimulate as well. You know, you want to get all the benefits So, not just a hydrator, something that's gonna like stimulate blood flow to the hair follicles so that you're ensuring. That the hair follicle is in its healthiest state.
0: I want to ask you about hair loss and hair growth. Um, this is something that we get a lot of traction over. You know, I we get a lot of questions about hair loss. Anytime we write about hair loss or hair regrowth, you know, we find that those tend to be some of our most popular stories. It's clearly content and information that people are just so so hungry for. So, you know, I want to ask, why do you think that people might be dealing with it more so nowadays than, I I don't want to say they've been dealing with it more now than they have in the past, but I do think that it is resonating with people a lot more now and like, do you have any insights of why that might be happening? Yes, and I think what's happened is
1: people are more willing to talk about it now. We're seeing more people share their own stories. I do think that it's been happening all along but that people are definitely more open to sharing. And I have actually shared my own hair loss story because back in 2020, um, I lost a lot of hair after having COVID. And um, I'm not sure if it was either stress-related or related to the actual illness itself because um, it can happen from two different you know, things during that time, either stress or because of COVID, a lot of Ill, sorry, because of COVID, we realized that our body stopped um, absorbing minerals in the right way. So if your body's not getting enough minerals, enough nutrients, enough vitamins, and um, what happens is it goes to protect every other organ in your body and your hair and your skin and your nails are the last to get it. So you actually start to see it straight away with nails and hair um, where the body's just like, well, that's not a necessity to me right now. I don't need hair to survive. So I'm going to protect all the other organs, send it to that. And so, um, it can be a combination of things but with stress definitely during COVID there's a lot more stress Um, and what happens there is the body produces cortisol and then this stops the hair growth hormone and then that related to stress can also stop you absorbing nutrients properly so they're all very much related to each other so yes I think that there's been a lot more stress and you know, a lot more illness over the last couple of years. So people are really starting to notice this. And I think there's like the stat is before the age of 40, 40% of us will experience some kind of hair loss.
0: Yeah. So, you know, I, I do think like stress is obviously so related to this conversation, you know, for all the reasons you just said, I'm also curious about um, scalp healths uh, relation into all of this and, you know, the the role that scalp health is playing in um, hair loss that we might be seeing, you know, do you see a connection there with, you know, how how people are treating their scalps lately to, you know, what sort of shedding that can occur? You know, what sort of connections can you draw there?
1: Yes, absolutely. Um, I mean, one of the most common issues or scalp concerns we get from consumers, apart from hair loss, is scalp itching, either whether that's dandruff, psoriasis, eczema, seborrheic dermatitis, whatever's going on there, and you know your body goes into like a stress response when you scratch it. So when you're constantly itching, that can actually lead to hair loss over time. Now I don't want to scare anybody with any of this here, and definitely not here to create any scare tactics. It's like all these different things can contribute to it, you know it's not a one this one thing that's going to make your hair fall out or anything like that. But one thing as a trichologist and what we know is a fact is that keeping the scalp in a good, clean kind of environment, getting it to homeostasis, making sure the follicle isn't blocked with, you know, a buildup of sebum, dead skin cells, product buildup that can all contribute to this because each hair is in a new cycle every, um, so 100 hairs you lose every day, they go into 100 days of rest before the new hairs come. And in that hundred days of rest, and when that hair is about to like you know grow again, we want to ensure that the hair follicle around it is super clean so that the blood flow is going to it, the nutrients are going to it. So that's like what we can do externally, like by cleansing the scalp properly, either using oil treatments or um, acid treatments like salicylic acid I mentioned earlier. To me, it's probably the number one kind of ingredient that you can use for your scalp. It has so many benefits to it. It removes dead skin cells. It stimulates. It um, balances oil. Um, it's antifungal properties. And it. it is the one kind of like that I gravitate towards all the time. I tend to stay away from scalp scrubs. And the reason why is because they can create micro tears within the scalp. They're and you can a lot of them are quite thick and gooey, they get caught in the hair. I don't I can't see how they can really get into the scalp where the chem like a chemical exfoliant versus a physical exfoliant. A chemical exfoliant is definitely something I would go to straight away. If I wouldn't use it on my face, I'm not gonna use it on my scalp. Sure.
0: No, I mean, I was about to make the same comparison there that, you know, I tend to always recommend a chemical exfoliant over a physical exfoliant on the face. Um, so, you know, it makes sense that you would do the same for the scalp.
1: Yes. And I'm always like, if somebody's just starting their scalp journey, they might not want to, you know, invest in a scalp treatment just yet. I'm always like, what's in your, you know, your Your beauty closet right now do you have anything with salicylic acid glycolic acid whatever kind of acids in it like a cleanse try that on your scalp first you know it doesn't necessarily have to be a scalp treatment just yet like just see what that feels like for you and you know understand like it really works and you're going to see results straight away from it you know either your hair looks fuller more voluminous the colors come back into it things like that will break down that product and remove it just to give your life that or give your hair back that vitality you know like that it's missing from maybe that overloading of product but yeah sorry go back to like how important it is to take care of the scalp it really is just to make sure that environment is perfect for this hair when it is growing and that's hundred hairs every single day are starting this new cycle making sure you have the right
0: nutrients stress levels
1: (laughs) i mean easier said than done but little steps right
0: Exactly, exactly. And when you know, when you break it down into just small things that you can do every day, it doesn't seem so overwhelming. Um, You know, you mentioned obviously keeping the scalp nice and healthy and a great environment for hair growth. I'm curious, are there other things that people can add in to their hair care routine or their scalp routine to actually actively encourage growth? You know, what sort of things do you recommend for that?
1: Um, for growth, um, you do need pro- like proper active ingredients. Now there are some essential oils that will help with stimulating blood flow: basil leaf extract, peppermint. We all know frankincense, all those kind of like essential oils. But you need to ensure you're using them in the right way with a carrier oil. Everything else. Um, what we look for when we're creating products for growth are, and something that we have worked with is apple stem cells. So we work a lot with plant stem cells because they help rejuvenate the skin cells, the collagen production, that hair growth hormone. And there's a lot of tools that you can also add into it as well. Um, so we've launched with our scalp derma roller. So
0: this is going to be a question I was going to ask you. What's the deal with... No, but please, no, this is the perfect one because I'm so curious. What is the deal with scalp uh, derma rolling and, you know, what... What can you expect to do it? So let's get into it now. Yeah, no, something I loved
1: while training to be a trichologist was that, you know, and a trichologist for anyone that doesn't know is, is that person that bridges the gap between your hairstylist and your dermatologist. So you come to us for more of a holistic approach. We don't prescribe a drug, we don't prescribe anything like that, which your dermatologist kind of has to in order to claim for insurance, right? So you might not need something like that, like a steroid cream. We might be able to get you to a much better place without using something like that. And that's what I love about trichology is like we will sit down and talk to you about your lifestyle. What's going on? What happened to you, especially with hair loss? Like what's happened in the last three to six months because hair loss actually occurs three to six months after an event. So it's not something that's happened that week or that month. It's something that's happened three to six months previously. So we're understanding like everything that's going on, what products you're using, um, and I love that kind of approach. And when we're treating uh, clients as well, what I loved was that you were able to introduce tools like the derma roller and microneedling, red light therapy. All that help really, you know, speed up this hair growth because a product will never speed up hair growth. It will get you to, you know, the hair growth that you can physically or, you know, scientifically possibly have, which is half an inch per month is the maximum that it can grow. But with these other therapies, we can actually speed up that growth. So it's becoming much faster. And that's what I love about a derma roller because, you know, for people to be compliant as well, getting them into to see the trichologist on a weekly basis, bi-weekly basis to get the derma roller done, red light therapy, you know, it was becoming impossible. They want something that they can take home and also something that's quite affordable as well. They're not having to constantly pay to come in and see a trichologist or their dermatologist. And with a derma roller, um, it's incredible because you can use it at home yourself and it's the only way to speed up hair growth. And what it does is it's similar to the skin, where it, hel- it sends uh, messages to the skin that it's damaged and it needs to repair, so it starts creating more stem cells. And with the scalp, it does the same. It creates these microchannels that create more stem cells, and then it uh, speeds up the growth hormone, with, uh, which is what we need for healthy hair
0: growth. How often do you recommend doing something like this um... Is it something that you want to practice daily or every other day? And then how long until you can expect to see results? So I recommend just at
1: home yourself to use it one to two times per week after cleansing. The scalp needs to be freshly washed. And the reason why is because you want the product to penetrate more. If there's like dead skin or buildup on the scalp, it won't penetrate as easily. And you want to use a growth serum with it, so something like our stem cell serum on top of it because the two together, the combination together, just speeds up, you know, this hair growth hormone. Um, so twice a week, once or twice a week, and use it on the areas. Now, when I was going through my hair loss, I used it once or twice a week, and where I could really notice it was all around my hairline here at the front. And you'll see that with postnatal women, postnatal hair loss, and um, other other different types of hair loss, like traction, alopecia as well. It's usually in around this area. So I would, you do kind of like a crisscross action. So you want to create as many micro channels as possible. And you're putting the right amount of pressure on your scalp as well, not to be painful, but you want to feel that it's really working. And um, so twice a week on on freshly cleansed uh, scalp, and then
0: use a serum on top of it. And then how long till you get to see results again?
1: You usually see results between the four and eight week mark. Four and eight
0: weeks. Okay. I mean, that's pretty fast for a hair growth. Yes. I mean, that's at most topicals, you obviously can't get that. But to your point, you know, this actually speeds up hair growth. You also mentioned LED lights. Um, And, you know, I have been having a lot of conversations about these for skincare and overall health. You know, I think they're very, very buzzy in the beauty space right now. And for a good reason, you know, I think that there's clearly a lot of benefits that can be gleaned but um you know one of the areas that you are seeing a lot of people talk about is benefits for hair growth um is this something that you've seen is this something you know what what are your thoughts on led for hair growth
1: yeah no we would have used a lot of them in our clinicals um and when when someone comes in with hair loss you want to ensure you have to understand first how how important is this to them like if it's like because some people can actually get into a very depressed state with hair loss. So you want to understand how important this is to them, and then give them the best possible route. And the best possible route is you know, being compliant at home with all your topical products, cleansing the scalp, uh, your nutrition, getting the right nutrients and vitamins into the body, but then coming in for treatments like microneedling, which you can't do at home yourself. That's where the derma roller comes in. But red light therapy as well. It's like the combination of everything It's, again, it's not one thing that's going to fix it all. But if we combine a lot of these modalities together, then the results are obviously, they're going to be much better.
0: Okay, so you do recommend going in to get it LED professionally uh, done rather than I think I've seen like caps and stuff at home, like LED caps. I'm
1: not I'm not sure how good the LED caps are. I know like in like a lot of the trichology suites, you're talking about like a proper professional kind of LED light therapy, um, which we've seen incredible results. You know, it's again, it's this sped up version of it. Whereas if you don't have the derma roller, you don't have the LED light, but you're doing everything else, you're going to, you're going to create a healthier state for your hair to grow and give it the best possible kind of like uh, base to grow and make sure it comes back in its healthiest state. But to ensure that that's coming back healthier, stronger and faster, then these are the other kind of like areas that you can work on.
0: Yeah. Yeah. These are like the extra bonuses. Um, that makes a lot of sense. You know, you mentioned nutrition, which piques my interest. Can I just ask, you know, what are some of the things that you tell, uh, tell folks to pay attention to, um, in terms of their nutrition and diet when it comes to their hair health? Yes, absolutely.
1: It's ensuring like the most common ones for hair growth are iron. And I think a lot of people are low in iron. That's something just to keep an eye on ensuring you're getting enough of that. Um, Because that really does affect hair growth, nails, everything. Um, Their selenium is really important for hair health. Now, a lot of this you will get in a hair supplement, a hair vitamin. We we do obviously have a hair vitamin because something that we have created over the last few years. Um, But making sure you're getting enough protein in your diet. So if you are, you know, vegetarian, just making sure that you are getting enough of that within your diet because it's very important. Because this is dead protein. And you need enough protein in your body to ensure that the hair is, you know, growing in its healthiest state. You need biotin, which breaks protein down into amino acids. And that's what we see as the dead protein in the hair coming out. So biotin you'll find in all of these kind of hair supplements, just in And I only recommend these if this is something that you're noticing in your hair. This isn't something that you need to take on a continuous basis. So a lot of our products and systems as well are set up in a way where I want you taking this for three to six months. But after that, you shouldn't need to take this anymore. Or it might be something that you do every couple of years or every year, you know, depending on what's going on with your hair. Maybe it's a seasonal thing that you don't get enough nutrients during these months. So you're going to have to supplement that, you know. Um, but just, just the, the usual kind of like the nuts, the seeds that contain all these kind of um, nutrients that we need and ensuring that, you know, if you have an oilier kind of root, uh, sorry, oilier scalp, that you're not um, consuming a lot of saturated fats because that does come out through lipids in the scalp. That's really
0: fascinating. So that's something that I haven't been paying attention to, but maybe I should be.
1: <laughs> the vitamin C is so important for I think everything in our body just to absorb, uh, it to, for the iron to absorb. There's just so many benefits to vitamin C. So like I love those little, you know, is it lipocell They're called the little gel kind of sachets. Um, when I recommend iron to anyone, it's Spa I don't know if you've ever heard of it, but it's a liquid supplement. Um, it actually comes in two forms. You can get it in uh, just regular iron, but you can get it with a vitamin C in it so it absorbs faster. So I know a lot of people suffer with iron on their stomach. It can be quite hard, but the liquid version, there's no issues at all with it. Um, so anyone that comes to me with like serious hair loss and you know we talk about their nutrition, they've maybe gone to a doctor, had their bloods done, so they know they're low in these areas, um, those are the kind of supplements that I would recommend. And your microbiome as well. Sorry, I forgot to mention. Super important. I was like, our scalp has a microbiome too, yeah.
0: Yeah, wait, let's talk about that a little bit. Um, why, what role does the scalp microbiome play in hair health and, you know, scalp health?
1: A lot of these concerns, like um, seborrheic so dermatitis, dandruff, are a lot of them are caused through the microbiome, and the scalp has its microbiome as well. So you want to just ensure the pH level is at the right level. But when we're using, um, so a lot of times when somebody has dandruff and they go and they get a steroid cream or something, it's going to strip the good bacteria away with the bad bacteria. That's why I recommend salicylic acid so much because you want something that's antifungal, and antifungal meaning it just takes away the bad bacteria but leaves the good bacteria there. So just ensuring that, again, it's just about getting the scalp to homeostasis, keeping the microbiome balanced. They're all very connected.
0: Yeah. I mean, I you're preaching to the choir and the microbiome. That's my favorite area of discussion. So.
1: Because <laughs> even when you get like, um, if you were to get slightly sunburned, and that's why I always say protect the scalp, that A, impacts the microbiome straight away. And so that can, then set off a series of kind of like issues that start to happen with the scalp It happened myself here i got really badly burnt here one year and for months i was like just trying to figure out what was going on but um using the scalp oil the stem cell serum like repaired
0: just got that barrier back for me sure yeah i mean i think we forget that our scalp has a is a Well, one, it's skin and therefore it is also a barrier, you know, so it's vital that we treat it like the barrier it is and restore it and, you know, bolster it and um, yeah, so I think that whole element is so, so fascinating Um, and you know, I know that the microbiome research is a little bit in its infancy. And so we're still learning more and more about how you can take care of it, but you know, all the various, uh, microbiomes in our body, just, I I love learning about them. So the scalp is no different for sure. No, absolutely. Okay. So this is a fun question that I started asking people and I'm curious about you. Uh, what is your beauty hot take? So, you know, this is something that, you have a strong opinion about in the beauty space that um, you know, it's um, maybe it's controversial in the beauty space. It doesn't have to be, but you know, something that you believe in very strongly. Oh,
1: that is an interesting one. Um, What I believe in very strongly. Yes. I mean, you, a lot of people look for chemical free products or natural products, and what they don't understand is that water is a chemical. So if anyone's saying they're chemical free, it's a lie. There's a lot of greenwashing when it comes to ingredients and products as well. Um, you know, obviously you have to trust in the brand that you know they're they're creating these products at your best interest way sticking to Never Lists, Clean Lists that, you know, are created and EU standards is something that we create all our products to as well. So their list is something like fifteen thousand ingredients or fifteen hundred ingredients. So I probably got that number wrong. Um but things like that I feel very strongly about is um not fooling kind of like our audience into thinking we are something we're not we never use chemical free because that's not something natural as well one, one person said this to me one time like arsenic is a natural ingredient so why would we look for something that's completely all natural as well you know and so yes I don't know if that answered your question properly.
0: It totally does. And I agree with that very strongly. Um, You know, chemical is not a dirty word is what we always say around here. And I firmly believe in that. It's not. It does not always mean good either. uh Uh No, I mean, I think there is a huge value in having responsible and safe synthetics in our beauty products and you know i think short of like going out and getting an aloe vera leaf and cutting it up and putting it on your skin like anything you use from the pro- from a store is going to have some sort of chemical process with it so you know i think that we should just embrace the fact that all of the stuff that we buy is on some level processed um, and, you know, has some sort of synthetic element to it. And it's not a bad thing. It's a good thing. Sometimes we need it, you know, exactly. We
1: use it as natural as we possibly can when we can and to ensure, you know, you want, but you want science backed products as well that you know, you know, are working in your favor that
0: are you're going to see real results with exactly, and you know you also want products that are um, going to be shelf stable and gonna you know like all of these things that we can only attribute to uh, you know. Um, lab created elements um and that just kind of is what it is and you know so I completely agree with that okay so the last section that I want to talk to you about is how you take care of yourself um so what is your hair and scalp routine
1: well my scalp routine is obviously act an acre from start to finish <laughs> Um, I do weekly detoxes it's been like that was my baby that was the first product that we launched with that was the idea from Paris Fashion Week to you know give someone this product to soothe their scalp breakdown product and it honestly has been my favorite product all of the other products are incredible as well obviously but this one I still just keep on using on a weekly basis and so i will do that once a week usually on a friday that's kind of like my scalp and skin and hair day and i try to like do it all together so i'll do that um and kind of like on another day during the week i will use our scalp when you just to make sure i'm getting that right exfoliant so you've heard of skin cycling before it's kind of become a hot trend i, I do kind of similar things to my scalp now as well so I will use um, Paula's Choice AHA on my skin on night one. And the next morning, then I will do my scalp renews because I'll cleanse my hair the next morning. And then I use retinoid on the second night. Um, And then the third and fourth night are my breaks. And it's the same with my hair. I won't touch it. I won't put anything near my scalp. Um, I'd like to give it those breaks in between because, again, you don't want to use it too often. You don't want to disrupt the barrier and things like that. You just want to have it in a nice state. And then one day a week, I will put my hair oil in and I'll go to bed with that, with the slugging. I know I love all these hot topics right now that are trending and I've been trying to like apply them.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, I love like being able to apply these fun terms to to what we do. But I also think on some layer, like we do these things and we have been doing these things because they work. Already yeah we already do them we're just giving them like fun new names and what's the harm in that <laughs> absolutely
1: um but I use a lot of vitamin c because I do have sun damage on my face being Irish it's you know impossible to avoid um so when I'm doing my derma roller on my scalp with the stem cell and from many who might not know but I actually put stem cell on my skin as well I put it straight on my face as well and I'll use Um, I love the brand Environ for their vitamin C and their vitamin A I'll put that on every day I love circumference as well they have beautiful um, vitamin C products for the skin Um, and then I love oil I love oil I can't get enough of oils for my skin and that's why I probably love it on my scalp I'm just naturally dry so I just tend to use like moisture, a lot of serums, creams, and then I will finish off with oil on top just to lock that in. So the same if I'm using my leave-in conditioner on my hair, which I, la- I use a lot just to like defrize, give a little bit of moisture. I'll put an oil on top of that just to lock that moisture in as well. So I like layering to lock a lot of the moisture in, um, because if I just use one cream, I notice it straight away, even when I put my you know, if I put a little bit of makeup on that day, it starts to dry and crack. I need to layer a lot on my skin because it's very dry.
0: I noticed that too with myself, or at least I have over the last few years. I've been like, oh my god, I need, I need to layer oil on top of everything I put on at this point. <laughs> What's your What are your favorite products? Oh man, I'm I'm huge into vitamin C, just like you. Um, You know, I love Marie Veronique's C E Ferulic. Um, I think Cora has a nice, uh, vitamin C serum. I'm also using true calls Chibula serum right now. So that's, it's not vitamin C, but it's an antioxidant. So it's kind of like my, my antioxidant step. Um, yeah, you know, I, I use a lot of like for my face, I use a lot of like microbiome supporting products. Like I love Symbiome. Um, yeah i really like their stuff have you heard of veracity skincare so i haven't tried should i yes they actually
1: do a hormone test as well and i mean i'm starting to look into a lot of these and this is why i take such good care of my scalp as well because like you're i'm in that age group now I'm getting slightly older and you know i want to make sure that i have i'm making sure there's no hair loss coming here and just taking care of it but also with my skin and they do a hormone test where it's a, a saliva test and it comes back with like your cortisol levels, your DHEA levels, isn't that what it's called? Um, Various different levels. And then they um recommend their skincare routine. They also have supplements as well for aging skin or if someone suffers from PCOS or something like that.
0: All right. I'll give that a try. I'm definitely like at that stage of my life too, where I'm just like, okay, let's make sure everything's working. Let's get it all on the same page. Okay, the last thing I want to ask you is your well-being must-haves. Um, you know, we we certainly have talked about lifestyle throughout this episode and how it influences our hair and our scalp. Um, and on this podcast, we firmly believe that uh, everything is skincare um, from how much you sleep to what you eat. So, you know, I always like to ask people, uh, what are the ways that you take care of yourself? And you don't have to get into the entire routine. I'm sure uh, that would probably take a whole episode, but you know, what are the core things that you have to do in your routine? So,
1: and this is something that actually has only changed over the last three, two to three years of my life. Um, but I'm very much into breathwork and meditation. Um, and I just actually got back from a week long with Joe Dispenza Uh Dr. Joe Dispenza. I spent a week long doing that. Um, so yes, lots of sleep. My husband laughs at me because I will sleep through anything. I have no problem, no issue sleeping. Um, but I manage my stress very well through these modalities of like, just ensuring that I have that time before I start my day. has to be, I do a full hour every morning because I just am such a nicer person <laughs> when I do my meditation. I, I react less to things. I'm just there's less issues in life whenever I meditate it's amazing it's made such a difference and I do see the difference in breath work even in my skin in everything like I I do feel like you look fresher you look younger you look all these things so lots of water vitamin c sleep breath work and meditation
0: well you seem like a woman who practices what they preach so I'll take any advice from you
1: I try to, (laughs) but I need your skincare routine because I'm looking at your skin.
0: It's so glowing. Well, I have a light behind me and I am wearing makeup today, so I do have some help. (laughs) it's I can see through all that it looks beautiful wow thank you um well listen Helen this was so much fun it's so good to chat with you I I love any time that I am able to get any of your tips and anytime I'm able to catch up with you so thank you so much for joining me today thank you so much and
1: I love giving any kind of advice I can on hair loss scalp issues it's so funny because when people ask me what I do I'm like I'm passionate about scalp
0: (laughs) (laughs) You are, but that's why, I mean, like truly you are one of the most passionate people I've met about this topic and it shows like you just, you care so deeply. It's so fascinating and interesting to learn from you. I love it. I love every time I get to talk to you. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it. For more beauty content from the team at MindBuddyGreen, you can always read along with our content at mindbuddygreen.com, follow us on social media, and of course, tune in to next week's episode. If you enjoyed this podcast, don't forget to rate and review us. And if you ever want to reach out with questions or insights or thoughts, you can find me on Instagram at alex underscore Blair underscore. Thanks so much for your time.